Welcome to the Love Mental Dialogue. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I am your host, Christy Gaynell, and we are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of all opinions and push the envelope on the questions America is afraid to ask in the mainstream media. I also have two special guests in the studio with me this morning, Carol Long and Sheridan Reynolds, uh, your regular guest host. I mean, as your regular host, Montoya Smith. <laughs> a.k.a. Black Socrates, is a way preparing for Mental Dialogue's first financial freedom wealth-building webinar at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today. Uh, FYI, tickets are being sold for that webinar up until it starts at 11 a.m. So if you are interested in that, claim your financial freedom tickets at eventbrite.com. That's how you can get the tickets. They're being sold right up until 11 a.m., um, when the webinar starts, and if you just go to claimyourfinancialfreedom.eventbrite.com, you can get tickets for that. Um, some of you may know me. I am the former co-host of the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, and today I am hosting with my girls, Carol and Shannon. Carol Long, what's up, girls? Been a minute. How you doing? What's, what's going on, love? <laughs> So glad to have you back. I know. I miss you. I was so excited. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Uh, of course, I'm co-host with my girl. I miss you, too. Carol, you are not going to believe what Montoya asked me to do. He said, before you tell your what? background, you have to tell our listeners, our listening audience, how great of a brother he is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so my question to you is, what if I refuse? <laughs> oh, I know, right? He is literally oh, one of the best <laughs> brothers in the universe on the planet ever, ever that was ever created. That's hilarious. Um, no, he's a good he's a good guy. Um, so tell me, Carol, as we normally do, you gotta tell me what was your first thought when you heard our topic, submission and marriage. What does that really mean? Also give the listeners a little bit of your background and why um why this topic interested you. Yeah, sure. So the first thing I thought was, Yay, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects. And I have so much to offer and so many thoughts regarding submission and marriage. And just to give you a little, the listening audience, a little bit of my background, um, Montoya, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and I were in college together and just um, were brothers and sisters ever since then. And I got married pretty quickly after college, and it was um, – a learning experience, let's just call it that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and so I I learned a whole lot in eight years, and and really did my best to be a submissive wife to someone who did not deserve it. And I knew that it was the right thing for me to do as far as my accountability to God, but just didn't he just didn't deserve it. And so fast forward to my relationship now, I have an amazing husband who deserves that and then some, and it's so easy to be submissive. So I'm excited to talk about exactly what that word means and what I know about the interpretation um, from the Bible and, um, and just offer some really great, um, exciting tips about how to be submissive and it doesn't ever take away your power as a woman. Okay, thank you, honey. Okay, last but not least, we have another returning guest to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, Sherdon Reynolds of CEO. Oh, CEO of She Prints It. CEO. That's cute. How are you doing, Queen? <laughs> I am awesome. How are you, Queens, this morning? Amazing. <laughs> Very good. Okay, hello. I am very excited about this. Tell everyone about how great Montoya is. Oh, he is so phenomenal. He is so amazing. (laughs) This is exactly why he wanted us to have a conversation about being submissive, right? He's like, and we're going to start by you guys submitting to how amazing I am. conversation to give a little bit of my background um i am i was married for i did five to seven i like to say i did five to seven um and i've been divorced for quite a while and i raised two kids primarily by myself and so i feel like i have a little bit of insight on you know on 
the benefits of submitting and also the resistance a lot of times we feel to it and why that that exists too and whether or not it's even necessary i mean come on now it's 2020 you know what i'm saying (laughs) but um we are going to our one and only break so after this break it's going to be commercial free for the rest of the show because women rule the world women rule the world so when we get back from our yes, break, I'll give do. out the number. <laughs> I'll give out the number so everybody listening can call in and give us your three cents this morning. Our discussion question is submission and marriage. What does that really mean? This is part one, the women's view. Uh, next week, Montoya will be back, and he will do part two, the men's view. So this is the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Okay, welcome back to the Mental Dialogue, where all I ask is that you speak. I'm not sure that was the commercial I was supposed to play, but oh well. And I am your host, Christy Gaynell. Again, I'm filling in for Montoya, and today's discussion question is, submission and marriage, what does that really mean? Montoya, a.k.a. Black Socrates, uh, will be back next week for part two of the show, The Men's View. Um, so we're looking forward to hearing what the men have to say on this topic, which we can all probably guess what that's going to be. Yes, it is, it is, it is. Um, our special guests on the phone lines with me today are Carol Long and Sheridan Reynolds as we tackle today's discussion question from the women's point of view. If you are a truth seeker out there, call in at 646-787-1691 and give us your three cents. Again, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. And if you are listening and you want to say something, you have to press number one on your phone to get in um, the call queue. Otherwise, you can enjoy the show because we've got a lot to say. Um, so, Carol, we're going to start with you. Yes, ma'am. All right. Let's hear what you got to say about the submission stuff. <laughs> stuff, girl. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, well, stuff, first, I want to say, Sir Don, it's nice to meet you. Same here, beautiful. I know. Oh, how do you know I'm beautiful? You have ESPN, <laughs> don't you? 
I feel, I can always, you know, a queen radiates in that energy. You can see it miles and miles away. That's right. Thank you, gorgeous. I appreciate it. Well, let me just let the listening audience know how I feel about submission. And, and the reason why I feel the way I do before I get into that is because I studied it and didn't just hear someone say it in church or someone say it in a marriage counseling session. I actually studied the reason why submission was a directive of the wives. And so um, the first thing I want to do is talk about the word submissive. Um, and, 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 Christy, you stop me if you want me to, if you're, if you're going to do this. But to me, being a submissive wife is the most powerful position God ever created. And the reason why is because it's, it's all about the order of things. So if the wife okay, is submissive, go ahead. Before you get into the to the why it's important, I, I I don't think that's always been your viewpoint, right? And you were saying your first marriage, um, you did not think submission was important, right? So, or you, oh, no, 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 you no, no, actually you said oh, no, you ma'am. didn't feel he was worthy of submitting to. So, well, why he, was what, he was not? So at that time, you thought yeah. submission was important. You just didn't think he was worthy. Is that oh, what it was? Yes. I have I have always believed in the principle of wives submitting to the husbands. I saw it I saw it work in a marriage when I was a young kid growing up and I I thought it was beautiful. And um so I practiced what I thought was submission. It ended up being a little bit of subservience because I didn't have really anyone to teach me, but I was absolutely doing the right thing. He just took ex- Extreme, complete advantage of it. Yeah. Oh wow. So you think in 2020, <laughs> men still are considered the head of the household, and we still need to submit to them? I do in 2020, even more so now because of everything that's going on. But mind you, when we start talking about the true definition of submission, and, and girl, I could go all into the Greek and the Hebrew and all of that. Um, but when we start talking about what it actually means, this, the problem is most women and men think submission means one thing when it actually means the complete opposite. So in my relationship with my husband now, I am, my goal is to always be submissive to my husband. But listen, my husband is a brilliant, God-fearing, patient, gentle um sweetheart to me. So it's easy to submit to someone who is secure in themselves, confident in who they are, loving and healthy, right? That that right. it makes it very easy for me cuz I'm not following junk now. I'm not going to follow mess. So <laughs> I have someone word. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's that's the problem. A lot of a lot of men expect their wives to follow junk and then call it, you know, them not being submissive. No, ma'am, that is not how it works at all. Okay. Sheridan, you still think it's necessary too, or you disagree? The biggest issue with submission is the is how it's defined, right? So about having a clear definition of it, I don't have any problem with, for me it's more like, 
compromising and making the conscious effort to say, I am going to allow, and yes, that's the word, allow my husband to lead in this particular circumstance and learn from it. So, for example, it's if we've all had that situation when our spouse was about to do something and you like, you know this is not going to work. But you don't say anything. He's just like, okay, I'm going to let this play out. And I'm also not going to say I told you so. Um, but I'm going to pick and choose the things that I allow you to, you know, necessarily learn from, right? I'm not going to submit to something that is going to be detrimental to the household or anything like that. But, again, I think it's just really one-sided. It's such a one-sided conversation, and I believe that we use the Bible to fit the narrative that we want it to be. And so by doing so, it becomes, oh, if the woman doesn't do X, Y, Z, she's not a good wife. When at the end of the day, it's about what's best for that particular relationship. And it's really not the opinion of anyone else if that's right or not, and, and which is a whole other conversation about marriage and relationships. But I think so much of what people are doing in their relationships around submission or anything is what their grandma or great-grandma or mama didn't tell them that's what you're supposed to do for a man or somebody didn't told you that's what you're supposed to do. You haven't even taken the time to see if that's exactly what the man that you married is looking for. So do you then think it depends on the marriage? It depends on the two people involved, whether or not submission is the way to go? or um... I just don't think submission is the word. I, I think that so much is hung up on the phrase of submission. And so I guess okay. Luke, if we just had to go solely with that. I, I think that I don't, I don't roll with that term of submission. I believe how simply. Do you, how do you, I'm sorry, how do you define submission? And then I'll ask Carol how you define submission, and then we can, keep, we can go with the working definition so you can know what we're all talking about. Yeah, for sure. For I personally define submission as allowing, you know, respecting that spouse and allowing them to lead, but also being willing to submit to the idea that the uh, that the opposite person is able to lead in a situation maybe when you're weaker. And so I don't think it's gender specific. I think that I should submit when there's an area where my husband is stronger and allow him to lead, and I think that he should then submit in areas where I'm stronger in the relationship so that we have balance and we're able to accomplish what our end goal is in our union. Okay. Carol, how do you define submission? I define submission the way the dictionary defines it, and that's coming under authority. It's a voluntary action by someone to come under authority in decent and in order in decent and in order relationship. So for me that's it and I'll explain to you why it's not a back and forth. Because the initial 
um, the initial purpose of submission, remember, this was all during battle and war over principles and over Christianity in the very beginning. So it was important for the wife to be submissive to the husband so that he had the authority to go out of the home and be who God called him to be outside the home. Now, what that also means is, and it, it says very specifically, that the wife is not to keep her mouth shut to um, keep her quiet. The, the role of a submissive wife behind closed doors is fierce. And for me, like, you know, Sheridan, you were saying, it goes back and forth between, you know, if I'm strong or I'm weak. The man, the husband who's following God, understands where he's weak and comes to the wife and says, babe, I need your opinion on this. I don't know what to do. And the man who who hears his wife speak under submission, she's under submission, and she speaks to him, and I'll give you a perfect example of this, and he does not heed, woe unto him, because that is who God placed in his life to help direct. I always say the man is the head, but the woman is the neck. You can't move your head without the neck. If the neck stays still, the head does not move. And so for me and my husband, he'll say, you know, hey, babe, this is what I think I want to do. And usually, because I trust my husband, he's spot on. Every now and then I have to say, hey, let's talk about this. And because I push back, my husband respects me enough that, you know what, let me, just, let me pause for a second and let me look at this a little bit differently. And I can't think of one time when he was like, well, we're doing it my way anyway because I am smart and connected to the universe in ways that I see things he does not see. That's how it was designed. Like I can say, they don't call that contractor back. I, I don't feel that. That's not in my spirit. And he will say, okay, no problem. I don't care how much you like the contractor. So th- this is not just about it going back and forth. My husband is mature enough to understand I need my wife. I need her to say, babe, this is what I'm thinking. And I know how to come to him in a way that says, I'm, I'm kind of giving you an option. This is what I think. Or no, don't do that. That's stupid. But that's behind closed doors because he remains respected to everybody else. And I don't care about whose idea it was. Or I like for my husband to have the lead. And he's very, the last thing I'm going to say, he's also very quick to say, oh, no, that was my wife's idea. <laughs> right? So it's, it's not about a pride thing at all. It's about that dance between the husband and wife who trust each other enough to make really great decisions for the betterment of the home, right? That's well, to my, me, it sounds that's like you're saying the exact same thing that I said, though. Like, that's no different than what I said. <clears throat> it's just for you, you, you know, you in, in reference, you wanted to be more specific to um, a biblical reference, um, which in current day doesn't necessarily apply if you're speaking of the idea that they were at war and somebody needed to submit for that reason. That's not necessarily the case now, but what I was saying is the exact same thing, that he's able to identify when I need to take the lead or make the final call on something, and I'm able to do the same thing, vice versa. Um, And then secondly, I think it also still supports uh, indirectly, whether we like to admit it or not, in worrying about what other people think, because if it has to necessarily be behind closed doors and in front of people because you don't want other people to think 
that's still what they think. You know, you're the idea of not saying or doing something in the presence of others, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it is in saying, I'm not going to do this in front of other people because I don't want them to think a certain thing. That, that is, that's exactly, in my opinion, you caring what other people think. No, okay. that's not why I do it. That's not why I do it. Hold on one second, Christy, if you don't mind. That's not why I do it. Yeah. It's not about what anybody else thinks. If it's just me and my husband, we're standing in the middle of an empty parking lot, I still would make sure that I am respecting my husband enough to say, I, I, because I respect him and his mind and how he thinks and who he is and his character and his integrity that I don't have to buck up against him and I don't have to take the lead, right? So, it, And I'm just saying, Shadon, I this time married the right person. I married the person who can dance with me and respect me for the brilliant woman that I am. So it's not about what other people think. It's about me respecting my husband as a man to say, I don't have to call you out in public. I don't have to make you look stupid or, or, or make feel like you just failed miserably because you said something. I don't, that, I don't have that need. Well, why does it's taking not the lead? The it's but not that's not the equivalent. But but when you said take the lead, I don't have to take the lead. It's never my role to take the lead in my relationship, Sherdon. Let me just say that. It's not my role to take the lead ever. Everybody's relationship is different. But I'm saying taking the lead, it's like when we talk about taking the lead for women, it becomes a negative thing. It becomes the idea that, oh, her taking the lead means that she's going to snap on him or be aggressive or you know, embarrass him in the public of other people. But then when you talk about the man taking the lead, it's something that's soft and considerate. And so, again, it's just this narrative that makes it so one-sided that if a woman kind of stands her ground or even has an opinion in a circumstance that somehow she's being aggressive or she is, you know, doing something in a negative tone. And that's not what I'm saying at all. We are making an agreement within our household, and we're having a conversation like adults and saying, hey, hon, I know you wanted to do it this way, but I think it's more effective this way. And he's able to say, I can see that point. I agree and roll with it. But it, it's, it's not I, – I, I, frustrates me, not you specifically, just in general, when people make it sound like a woman not being submissive means that she's this aggressive, disrespectful woman towards her husband. And I just, I think that's a real, a false narrative to put out. Well, I can tell you're frustrated by it because it's how it's, how it's perceived. But that, but mind you, I never said that I didn't say anything in public. I am I am a full-grown woman with a husband who respects me as a full-grown woman. We're not talking about we're having a conversation at a dinner table with friends and there's, I even disagree with my husband. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about specifically how my husband is leading our home because he, in my relationship, he has a very specific role in this home, and so do I. So, so there's some things that because of his role in mine, he does not encroach upon it when he does. I stop him right at the door. Whoa, that's mine. That you don't you don't have that. That's mine, right? So, it 
it because I really wish that you could see how my husband and I interact, especially behind closed doors, because it's really no different. I just, I am aware that sometimes I need to say things to him that's a private matter so that he understands I'm not being um, antagonistic or anything like that. But sometimes I do have to say it in a, in a way that, no, other people are not privileged to hear how I talk to my husband behind closed doors. That's not their, that's not their place at all. And sometimes it does get heated, and I will not do that in public unless it's like, you know, something really an emergency, like, honey, don't jump in the middle of the ocean. You're, that's stupid. No. I, I, I make sure that my husband knows my heart is to always, support and uplift him and to always make sure that he's making the right move according to what my spirit discerns. And everyone doesn't get privileged to see that. That's all I'm saying. Like I said before, I think we're saying the exact same thing. I think the hang up in this entire conversation, because you're, we're literally making the exact same point. The only hang up is the verbiage, which is what I said from the beginning. It's, you know, this overwhelming focus on the specific term submission when you just listed uh, several other terms that still have the same supportive meaning behind it, that you're just respectful of him, that you're considerate of him. that and But, again, all those things can go both ways, and they should go both ways, and we talk about every other term going both ways until we get to the term submission. But we're still defining it all in the relationship as as the same thing. I, I too, don't – I would never go off on my husband in public, and he wouldn't go off on me in public. Again, it goes both ways. Like, I won't – you know, when we're at home, we make the decisions together. And he knows what my role is in the relationship, and I know what his role is, and it balances our relationship at home. That's no different than what you're saying. We're saying the same thing. It is, it is different. It is, Shredon. It is different. It's very different because, because my role as a submissive wife, it's just like, you know, his role in the, in the relationship is to love me, and my role is to honor him. The Bible never told me to love my husband. It told me to honor him. But it works for us. So whatever, how, however you feel it works in your relationship, I think, that that's, I think that that's perfect. Now, don't get me wrong. I do love the heck out of my husband. But what I'm saying is we are not saying the same thing. We're talking about the same level of respect that goes both ways. But that is not even a consideration because before I married my husband, I knew how he respected me. I knew how he treated me. I knew how he loved me. And he knew that I respected and honored him and loved him. So those, you know, you embarrassing someone in public or anything like that, that's, or him, you know, coming at me and making me feel inferior would never happen. I'm just saying as a submissive wife, even in my home, I know how to turn the head. I have learned my husband enough to understand how to turn the head, and he needs me to turn him. He needs me to be there for him to say, this is how I feel like it should go. But it just doesn't go the opposite way. He is never submissive to me. He can listen to me. He can hear me. He can understand me. But his role, according to what I believe, is for him to not ever be submissive. That's not his role. It's my role. It's his role to honor and love and respect me enough to say, my wife is brilliant. Let me hear what she's got to say and let me let us make this decision together. So tonight, I, don't, I don't think we're saying the same thing at all. It's not just a matter of verb. Submission is a powerful word. And if you go back, and I'm sure you have studied the Greek, you'll understand exactly why it is pertinent today. It does mean 
it does mean the same thing because it is how God ordained marriage to work so that the whole family is supported under the principles of God. So if you don't if you're not following the principles of God in your family, then it doesn't it doesn't apply to you. And I'm not saying that you're not. It doesn't apply to you. You don't have to do it that way. But according to what we believe and how our family moves forward and how we turn life, this is how it has to be in our family and it works. And I love it. Um, sure, John. So is it the issue that you're having just the term? Do you have a problem specifically with the word submission? Because a lot of women, I think, have a problem just with the word and how it's been used by patriarchal society to try and control women or make them feel inferior or less than. Is that kind of the hang-up that you're having? Absolutely. And, and I think um, you 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 explain that perfectly because it's my issue is not the word. My issue is how the word has been used to control women. It's not the word. And I think to each his own, I think at the end of the day, exactly what she said, that's your family, that's your household, and what works for you works for you, just the same as what works in my household works in my household, right? And but we're so caught up in these terms and these westernized views of it and how society has told us that if a woman is not cooking and cleaning and, and submitting and bowing down and identifying him as the authority and all of these things, that she's not being a good wife. And that's how they justify the bad behaviors of husbands versus allowing people to do what's best for their relationship. Because I am a very much so a God-fearing woman, and God is absolutely connected into my relationship. But because I don't view it or define it in the exact terms as someone else doesn't mean that I don't pray to the same God that you pray to. And I just think we get so caught up in trying to tell people exactly what should be done and how it should be done. And if it's not done this way, then you're not this or you're not that versus seeing how much we are more alike in how we approach relationships than we're not. But, again, it's the term. Okay. It's how the term has yeah. been defined, not the term itself. I Okay. So you, it sounds, based on your tone, too, that you have, like, a lot of uh, anger or frustration regarding the those um not just the word, but the judgments that are associated with the word and um, people not feeling like, you know, you're participating in and applying the word submission to your life or your relationship. And, I mean, I, I've, I've been listening to both of you, and I don't disagree. I do. Um, I think what um, Carol has in her relationship beyond submission is respect. She has a, a respect for her husband, and he has a respect for her. And I think for her, that makes it easier to be in a submissive situation or be submissive to him. Whereas in a relationship where there isn't a respect for your husband, I think it's a lot more challenging <laughs> to be submissive in that relationship. But I also believe that the idea of women being submissive in a relationship as it's, you know, states in the Bible. Okay, you guys are going to drill me right now because my beliefs about the Bible, girl, that slave manual, 
oh, my God. I really believe, like, at this point that the Bible is, like, a slave manual basically designed to tell slaves and women how they're supposed to cater to and bow to and treat and revere men and white men specifically or non-slave men specifically. So I have a lot of hang-ups with regard to the word and the Bible's use of the term submission. Um, That being said, I do recognize that there are benefits to um, being respectful to your spouse in marriage. Um, And I think, I really think that kind of when you use a word like, oh, I'm submissive, submissive to my husband, it's kind of like an ego trick that we're doing this thing with men. When you say the man is the head, but the woman is the neck, and the head can't move without the neck, I mean, I mean, really, aren't we just kind of catering to his ego to make him feel like, okay, you're in charge, honey, you're in charge, whatever. Um, we're going to do what you say, but this is what you need to say. I mean, isn't that kind of just like – Aren't we, yeah, I mean, I can, I can totally, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I can see how that it could be perceived that way as well. But I want to first just kind of double back and clear something up because, and I, I know you didn't mean it with ill intent, so I don't want you to think that I thought that. But I, I just okay. want to be considerate of verbiage that we use because I think that with with black women specifically. When we're passionate about a topic, it's defined as we're angry or we're frustrated, and that's what our tone represents. And so I always like to clear that up because I'm not angry and I'm not frustrated, and I love both of you on this conversation, and I think it's an amazing (laughs) conversation. I'm just passionate, and when I'm really passionate about my views, of course it's reflective in my tone, but I think when it's black women specifically, when we say something and we're really excited and passionate about it, that it gets a negative definition. And so, no, I, yeah. I just want to be very clear. That I'm not angry and I'm not frustrated. I'm just excited and I'm passionate. And, I, you know, I have strong opinions just the same as you do and, and, and men a lot of the time on this particular topic. Uh, but it's not it's not frustration or anger. So that's one. Two, so I respect my husband as well. So, I, again, I just think it's important that we are considered of the terms, and I think just in society, the terms that we use say, okay, well, if you're not submissive, then that means you're not respectful of him. And I'm not saying that I'm not, that I don't submit to things, and I'm absolutely very respectful of my husband, and I'm mindful of what I say and what I do and when I say it and when I do it. But so is he. That's my only point, that it works both ways. Okay. So, so what you're saying really is when he, he – uh-huh. Go ahead, Carol. I, I just want to jump in here really ahead, quickly, Sherdon. The reason why I said that um, you do sound frustrated is because you did – you did say that you were frustrated, so um, I understand the clear up. But it, it wasn't that you were passionate, and it wasn't that you were, um, you know, just really clear and strong about what you're saying. You did say that you were frustrated because of how people first. And what I will say too, I don't, I'm not sure where along the way people confuse submission with cooking and cleaning and bowing down. I, that that to me is so sad 
Um, it's actually sadder than you, Christy, feeling like the Bible is a slave manual because I actually get that. <laughs> I, I do, and I have a I have a lot of opinions about the Bible too. I've just tried the Bible. I have I have walked away from church and I have gone back and I've tried the Bible and I've tried God and I've tested to see if it works for me and it does. So that's all I'm saying, especially as it relates to my relationship. There is no cooking and cleaning expectation and bowing down in my home. It is not a matter of me stroking his ego. It is what I feel God has gifted me with as a wife. I'm a wife and a stay-at-home mom. I'm not a CEO of anything or running a company or anything like that. My home is my company. This is, this is my job. This is what I do. So I am very passionate about it. And the last thing I'll say is women and men alike have taken the word submiss- submission as a soundbite. They don't know. They haven't studied it. They haven't, you know, really gone and sought the Lord about what it means or sought whoever they find as an authority. They've taken it as a complete soundbite and run with it because nowhere in the Bible does it say bow down. I mean, that's, so that's a very clear um, example of how we have connotated this thing into something that it's ever, never, ever was intended to be. And then, I'm sorry, Chrissy, one last thing. You said it was easy for me to submit to my husband because we respect each other and we love each other. But in a relationship where you don't have that respect, it's not as easy. My point is, why are you in that relationship where the respect is not there? And that's why I divorced my first husband, because you, it, is, it should be easy to submit. It shouldn't be like, you going in like, oh, God, this is awful. That's not how it should be. That's not how God ever intended it. We are God's creation and his daughters. He would never want us to be in a situation where we're downtrodden and walked over like a doormat. And that's the soundbite that people have taken from submission. That's all I'm saying. Well, hold on. Okay, so um, just for one second. Um, if you're on the line and you're listening then, um, you, and you want to get in, you have a comment or a point to make, you got to press one so that I know that you want to get in and I can help you can hear your three cents. If you are listening online, the number to call in if you have a comment is 646-787-1691 and then press one to get in. Um, to your point, when I say, first of all, when I say the Bible is a slave manual, that does not mean I don't believe in God or I don't have a relationship with God. That means that there are things in the Bible specifically that I disagree with. Um, and one of those, you know, when, when we're talking about people's viewpoints regarding submission and the Bible, there is a scripture that I think in Proverbs where it talks about, like, what a good wife is supposed to be or what a solid wife, you know, what I mean? like how a wife should behave. And that's where, you know, Shardon and other people get this viewpoint of if you're a submissive wife, you have to be like all of these things. Um, and some of those things are not, you know, some women feel that some of being some of those things are not necessarily in their best interest and or best for their relationship. And a lot of, I mean, I would definitely agree with you if you feel like you're in a relationship where you don't have respect for your husband or he doesn't have respect for you, probably should not be in that relationship. But a lot of people, you know, being young, being foolish, marry the first person that says, I love you or I need you, and find themselves five years later with a mama koi who, you know, is used to depending on a woman to do everything especially in this day and age where more and more men are being raised by women and don't seem to know how to lead a household, 
And when you're in that situation where you made this choice at a young age and you chose unwisely, how do you submit to and respect a man who doesn't know how to lead a household? Carol? Yeah, no, I I agree. Well, and again, just for the sake of clarity, let me double back because I, I didn't I didn't say that respect you have to respect is the only reason for submission. I was saying that I too respect my husband, and I think that we shouldn't use respect to be equivalent to submission to say that you're not if you don't respect your husband you don't submit him, or if you're not submissive to your husband that means that you don't respect him. So I think that's inaccurate. I'm not saying that's what you said. I'm just saying that's I'm just clarifying that that's I want to make sure that there's not perceived that way. One. Um secondly, I I I'm with you, Chrissy. I think it's okay to disagree with things like the Bible. Right. Right? We've all agreed that we question components of the Bible and that there's some things that we believe that have been used to control people. And if you understand for one if you really break it down on how things are loosely translated and can't even be translated into English, therefore that means certain passages probably had to be rewritten completely, it's, it's fair to say, well, is this accurate? And also things are made for the time. So if, that, if what you're saying, the fact is that they were at war and these things were going on and this is why it was set up and designed that way, why isn't it okay to now question it and say, well, is it still necessary to apply it in that way? Or at the very least, can we just agree that the westernized view or how it's been used, just like during slavery, the way they use the Bible to control slaves, is it not fair to say that they now use the Bible in those scriptures to try to control women? Because I, I think that is fair to say. I wouldn't say just now. I would say historically that's always been the case. <laughs> I think now we're living in a time where that is the it's less is happening a lot less, more, or not not that it's happening less, but that women are responding to it less now than probably ever in history. Carol, did you have a comment on that, or? I I did. Um, I'm I'm ab- I'm absorbing. I'm absorbing <laughs> because, it, and here's the reason why it is challenging. And I'm I'm not saying I'm a Bible scholar by any stretch of the imagination, but I have, um, as I'm sure you all have too, really taken the time to to study. And to the biggest thing about the Bible is not just taking the words and understanding them, but figuring out how it applies because you've been able to pray and ask God for revelation of a scripture or revelation of a principle. And so if that's not what your experience has been, then we really can't use the Bible as a foundation. And so this is, I feel like, where a lot of people are coming from, especially women who push back on the principle of submission, because the Bible is, is so controversial in so many ways. And I agree with you. The Bible is not my only source of how to conduct my marriage, right? There's so many other resources, other books, other successful marriages, my own prayer life, 
consulting my husband, talking to my niece. I mean, there's just so many ways to make your relationship stronger and, and under um, more authority of God. So it's not just the Bible, but I do feel like the Bible gets a really bad rap because I can't, I can't teach you in two, in two hours how to take the meaning of the Greek and the Hebrew and apply it today. I can't teach you how to um, take the Proverbs 31 woman and, and how she spun yarn and, you know, did all of these things back in the Old Testament and, and bring them to the current 2020 year. Like, that's, that's something that you have to know how to do for yourself because, I do believe I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. I'm not spinning yarn, though. So I feel feel very passionate about my stance because I have found that it works beautifully in my relationship. And and when I say beautifully, I don't mean that every day is perfect. What I mean is we have been able to figure out how to manage our everyday lives and the circumstances that present themselves with this principle in place. It is a clear, a very clear role that I am learning how to maximize. And I don't ever feel like, you know, like, for example, I'm not the only one that washes dishes and cooks and cleans. That's just, that has nothing to do with submission. And I, and it makes me sad that that is, the, the sound bite that people have taken and and Shradon, I don't know if if that if you were speaking of your own personal experience or if this is what other women and men have used to manipulate, but it just is, it, it it saddens me that the word submission has now been equated with cooking and cleaning and bowing down. It's never what never what it was intended to be ever. Okay, well tell me this: Do you guys think that money? or has anything to do with whether or not a woman should be submissive in her marriage. Like, Carol, you're saying that you're a housewife and your home is your business, so I assume that your husband pays all the bills. Um, Shredon, you have a business. So do you think that um, whether or not, like if a man's only paying half the bills or if he's relying on his wife to pay the bills, do you think that that affects whether or not as a wife you should be submissive to him in that sort circumstance or do you think it doesn't matter i mean it shouldn't matter uh, it shouldn't it shouldn't matter depending on how you're defining submissive i think that's the biggest piece for me is just how it's being defined i think it's defined differently by a bunch of different people but based on my definition we're going to operate on the um, dictionary definition of or submit to his authority i mean give him authority or the capacity to make all of the decisions and choices regarding the household. I'm not agreeing with that definition, just so you know. That's not the definition that I agree with. But go ahead, Sheridan. Okay. Well, if, well, that's that's the, the if we're following that definition, I, I don't what, – what was that? The dictionary defines it as the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. So it's – Yielding to the authority of another person—that's what submission is. But you added, you added, allowing him to make the decision. That that was well, not part of the definition. The authority that's... that makes them the decision maker, yeah. right? Right. The authority, the authority, but they are not the ones making all of the decisions. That's authority. The authority is the person that makes decisions. 
Right. But that does not mean that they make all of the decisions, Christy. That's a very big difference. It's a very big difference. And I think that goes back to where Shardon is having issues with, you know, the definition and how we use the word because I think there are there are those discrepancies in beliefs that if you see someone as an authority, then you expect that this is the person who has the final say or makes the decisions or makes the rules. That's, I mean, typically how the word authority is viewed. So when you say that someone right. is an authority in your relationship and you see them as the authority figure in your relationship, then you're calling, you know, you're submitting to whatever choices and decisions that they make within that relationship. That is not that is not true. It's just not true. I just I have I can't, yeah, I think I can't continue to that. Yeah, and and that's cool, I think, but I'm so glad, glad that we're even having this point of the conversation because okay. oh, no. what you said exactly what I'm saying is defined differently. I mean, everybody wants to put their own, I don't want to say their own spin on it, but as with anything, when you read the yeah. Bible, the way you perceive a certain verse, scripture, is different the way than somebody else perceives it and applies it to their lives, and it's no different with this definition. Okay, I want you guys to think about the question about how the money has an impact, but I'm going to go to a caller first. So, caller, last three, five, nine, five, give us your three cents and what you're calling about. Caller, you are on the line. Yes, tell us your name, where you're calling from, and give us your three cents. Hi, my name is Joseph. I'm calling from Atlanta. I've been sitting back listening to you ladies um, in this discussion. It's been uh, interesting and um, somewhat entertaining, Uh, but you got me with the whole definition of submissiveness. Um, I'll quickly say one thing, one problem that I have with with our society is that we feel like we can just change the rules. So definitions, whenever whenever it's to our best interest, definitions are, in fact, uh, rules (laughs) as to what a word actually means. But we want to change the definition of so many words in our society. Now, Christy just read the definition of what submissive is, and because it didn't go in accordance with what um, at least one of you uh, thought, you, you said absolutely not. That's that's not my definition of the word, but the rea- that is the definition of the word. So when you think of submissiveness to your husband, you say, well, he doesn't make all the decisions. Well, when you go into the office and you report to somebody, that person makes all the decisions at the end of the day. Now, they, they give you the uh, authority to make decisions on certain things, but, and, and you take that responsibility uh, if, if that's, you know, if, if, if you do your job well. Uh, but you, you submitted to that person who's, who's uh, paying you because they're paying you or that, when it comes to a relationship, there somebody has to be able to make the final decision. If you both come to a point of disagreement and you decide that you're just going to agree to disagree, well, at some point that's going to create a rift in your relationship. So somebody has to be the one to say, all right, I defer to you. You make the decision. A man who is uh, understanding 
of his woman and, and, and truly loves his woman in certain situations, he will concede. He can't, he, you know, a selfish man will at all the time say, no, no, my house, my rules. But a man who is not selfish, who truly loves his wife, is likely going to say, you know what, it's not that big of a deal. We'll go your way. But at the end of the day, if your man makes sound decisions, the majority of the time, when you see him about to make an unsound decision, if he's really dead set on it, you need to let him do that because he's a man. And if you don't let him do that, if you give him grief, then that will affect you down the road. When you challenge a man, because regardless of what the Bible says or what the dictionary says, a man is going to be a man all day, if he's, if he's a man, if he is, in fact, a man. And there are certain things about us that we just, we, we'll, we'll deal with for a little while, but we're not going to deal with indefinitely. So if I'm trying to run a household and I'm constantly being confronted, uh, being challenged on the way that I'm running it, then we have a problem. And you should probably be with somebody else. Uh, so I just wanted to add my little two cents. Food for thought. And I'm going to get off now. Thank you for the time. And I'm enjoying the conversation. Have fun. Thank hey, you. Yes, for sharing your you. Let me jump in, Chrissy. Go ahead. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, Joseph. I appreciate your comment. Let me make it very clear. When Christy read the definition of submission, I disagreed with what she added at the end. Didn't didn't disagree with the actual definition of submission. So, um, but I do agree with you, Joseph, that somebody does have to make the final decision. And it's not just if the if the man is getting ready to make a bad decision. It's not just let him because he's a man. It's let him because that's sometimes how you learn. Man, I really should have listened to my wife. I'm an idiot. <laughs> so it it has nothing to do with, oh, yeah, let me just let my husband, you know, get out there because he's a man and I don't want to. No, 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 no. Sometimes it's like, you're, it's like I don't want to compare it to a child, but for lack of a better reference, if the child says, I'm going outside in, in shorts, and I say, listen, it's 45 degrees, well, I'm going out anyway. Sometimes you make them put some clothes on, and sometimes you say, go on out there, have a ball, and now you get frostbite, Right? So so for me, it's in my relationship, I agree with the definition of submission, just not all of the, all of the um, I always use the word accoutrement, all, all of the floating things around it that people have added because they're either trying to control someone or trying not to be controlled. Well, I think... <clears throat> I think you made a really good point, and I I agree with him with that the definition is what the definition is, and I also agree that if somebody's the authority, then that makes them the decision maker. But I also understand, uh, again, and what I said earlier, and you just kind of reiterated, is that sometimes it is the woman just saying, I'm going to let you make this decision, and I'm going to step back and I'm going to let it happen so that you see Next time, you know what, I'm going to probably go with my wife on that call. But it's a choice that we're making to do that. And we're, we're still kind of doing it because at the end of the day, we want to be able to be considered to have the final call on stuff. Um, and we just want to kind of manipulate, for loss of a better term, them into thinking that it was their decision to give us the lead. <laughs> 
on that. Um, but you know, at the for for me, the bottom line is not about the time of submission, not about who's in control and who's not in control. I think that what's most important in relationships is that you find the person that matches you and your needs and that you all within your relationship with God, that it works for you and not allowing other people to say, if you don't do things this way or you don't do things that way, that that's not the right way. My husband and I may not necessarily do things conventionally, I guess, the way society thinks that it should work, but we have an amazing relationship, and it works perfectly for us. And he is very supportive of me taking, you know, doing what it is that I want to do to grow my business and all this fun stuff, and he supports me in that way. And so he steps back and he does things that on a societal stance, People may say, oh, well, you know, you should be at home cooking and cleaning. I know we all disagree with that logic. We we, we get that. All well, of us think well, that's, that's horrible not. that people put that out there, that that's the, the, the sole role of a woman. But you okay. do what creates balance and structure for your household so that you maintain a long till death do us part marriage. Um, and and okay. however that works for you is how it works for you. All right. Okay, we have another caller on the line. Um, last three six six three. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Actually, we have a few callers that want to get in. If you are on the line and you do want to get in, press one to get in. So I know that you're interested in speaking. If you've already been in, press one, and press one again if you want to get back in. And uh, go ahead. Last three six six three. Tell us what you have for us. Good morning, ladies. I'm really enjoying this uh, conversation. Uh, my name is William House. I'm calling from Washington D.C., uh, the Washington D.C. area. And hey, big house, Michelle uh, William. Hey, hey, how y'all doing? Uh, <laughs> We're good, thanks. When, when when I saw the when I saw the topic, it it you know it really sparked my interest because my wife and I. Uh, we'll be celebrating 20 years of marriage this year. We've been doing marital counseling for the past five years, and this topic of submission comes up all the time. And the one thing that I would say is I'm, I'm a, I'm a Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching elder of my church. I truly believe in what the Bible says, but I also believe in the hermeneutic, and that would be the application of the Scripture. And when you look at the word uh, submission. The the Bible clearly speaks that the woman should be submissive to the husband and all of this, all of that jazz. But what I want to really point out to you is you have to be submitted to a, a God following man, because the Bible speaks of the, the, the married couple being mutually submissive to each other. That means that uh, though the man has an opinion the woman had the wife has that very same that the the same standing to make opinions that affect the family as a as a whole now is it is it does it really matter who has the final say if the final opinion is the best for if is the best outcome for the marriage my wife calls me out 
constantly on thing on decisions that I've made, and I respect her for it because she wants me to be better. She will take the lead on some things, and in some things I will say, baby, sit back. I got this. It's not from a man. It's, it's not from the position that I'm the man and I got to do this. Is I have I have a little more knowledge in in what I'm making the decision. That the whole the the whole idea that submission means being barefoot and pregnant and cooking and cleaning and all of that stuff. I cook I cook and clean in my house. I'm the only cook in my house. Let me let me put it that way. And we have two beautiful boys and they cook as well and they clean. They just getting better with it. But it it I, I hate the you know. I honestly hate the way that people have twisted that word submission to mean something that that personally offends them and not necessarily what it means in the full context of what it said in scripture it is and 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 to my sister uh, i i do appreciate your your opinion but the the bible is not a slave narrative is not a slave by it's not a slave <laughs> instructional because Again, I, I've had this discussion with a, with I mean, a number of is. people. You have to read That's not all further, it is, but it definitely is that too. But you have to read. You have to read in the context of of what it is, because if you're telling me that, uh, uh, you know, I've had people quote scripture saying that the slave ought to be this, you ought to be a good slave to your master, and this and that and that, but they don't go further enough to see that the master is supposed to be good to the one that they're calling the slave because our master in heaven is also good to us. See, you can't, you, you can't give me one side of the coin, the other side of the coin, but not give me the edge because I mean, the you, fact you have that the coin exists is what makes it a slave manual. It doesn't matter what side of the coin you're looking on. If, it, if you're telling a master how to treat their slave and you're telling a slave how to treat the master, then it's still a slave manual. It's still instructions for slavery from both perspectives on how slaves should be treated. That's why I call it a slave manual, not because it only tells slaves how to act, just like it doesn't only tell women how to act. It also tells men how to act. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that it also kind of puts women in a subservient position based on the rhetoric that's written in it. Well, I, again, I, I kind of disagree with you because in in scripture it tells it in in the in the piece that you're talking about being submissive, and I'm uh, and we and I, I I hope we don't turn this into a Bible study because I have to go to choir rehearsal honestly, but <laughs> it says if you if you look at if if you look at the extent of submission, a woman only has to be submissive to the man to a certain extent. The man has to be submissive unto death. Christ commanded the man to love the woman like Christ loved the church and be willing to even die for her. That means I have to be willing to die for my wife and for my family. That means I have to kill everything that's not Christ-like in order to make sure that she is better for it that that my family unit is better for it if the the requirement of the woman is if that man hold on let me finish let me finish if that man is doing that then what would be what is the issue in following that man it's 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 a matter of does that person qualify to be submitted under 
if that person doesn't fit the bill to be submit to be submissive to ergo to be led by you everybody wants to use the word submission but submission is leadership do you submit to your leadership do you trust the leadership that god has put you under i mean i've been i was uh i retired from the military after 23 years and i had some terrible leaders but i was submitted they they were terrible as persons but they were good leaders but i was submitted to their leadership therefore i did what what they asked me to do how they asked me to do it same thing if if i'm doing everything in my household and my wife trusts in what i'm doing as far as leading her and leading the family there should be no issue with being submissive to or following the leadership of the person over you that's my three Hold on. So you, before you go, well, you might just have a follow-up question. So you agree with the women that say they don't have a problem being submission as long as they have a man who's worthy of being submitted to? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. If you got a bone, you don't follow up. You don't. You you don't be a lemming. Women, women these days. I'm glad that that they take a a, a particular stance, but don't be a lemming. Don't if you see that dude going across, going off the cliff. You let him go. Don't follow him off a cliff. But it, it, it's, if you're his wife, wife has a, uh, in, in the Bible, the word paraclete means Holy Spirit. But if you look up the, the, uh, the, the synonym, the etymology of paraclete, it also means wife or helper. God said he would make us a helpmeet in the form of a wife, ergo a paraclete, ergo the voice of the Holy Spirit. You are who God meant for you to be. To that man, you are the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to him. Now, he has to be at a particular level in order to understand and perceive the word of God, the voice of God through his wife. It took me a few years to catch that. But after I caught it, Uh we're celebrating 20 years this year. And it's been been a joy. So that's, that's my three. Well, I just want to make sure that I heard you right. I just want to make sure that you did say that the woman, that the man should also submit to the woman, right? And you also said that that was stated in the Bible in addition to the fact that the woman should submit to the man? Yes, there's a mutual submission. Thank you. Okay, I'll just make sure we're on the same page because that's what I've been saying. (laughs) Yes, there's a mutual submission. Thank you for your call, William. We appreciate your three cents. We do have another caller that we need to get to who's been waiting patiently. Last three, six, four, four. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Yeah, this is Bianchi. Oh, Bianchi, welcome back to the show. How you doing this morning? <clears throat> you know, when I hear oh, this talk great. about God, I have to ask the question, which one are you talking about? Here's another thing Slavery existed long before the Bible did It was in people's uh, societies Societal traditions Societal practices Cultures Became deified to become the religion of those societies And having an opportunity What people here today talking about is American society but you go in some other societies around the world, the missionary position during sex is what it is. Women don't get on top. 
And that's that society and how that society is ran, how it's stipulated with marriage. I put two criteria out to my daughters. What the person you look like that you're going to marry, other words, skin color, and also their belief. And even after all that, we're going to do background checks on them. And that's just the way it was. Now, another point. I, and I'm talking about in black society in the United States, I have never seen or read about such weak males as we have today. The, it's not all, but it's an, ex, it's an abundant number. When I say weak, they're weak when it comes down to the economic control of the community. They're weak when it comes down to the behavior of their young in the community. They're weak when it comes down to so many things in protecting that community, the family, the women, that it's just, it's just mind-boggling. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that women are raising these males and are dissatisfied with them when they're supposed to be a man. All that takes into play. So I just want to... I just wanted to add that to the conversation. And uh, remember, you're in the United States. You're, on a, you're a United States citizen. You're on a continent called North America. It has its culture and subcultures. And that's what people are expressing in how they live and get along with each other. Oftentimes you heard me say that I married my 10-year-old neighborhood sweetheart. And it was with her till we she passed away. Ain't no about no marriage counseling, no Doctor Phil or no Dear Abby. What the heck is that? Anyway, I'll let you guys finish your show. Thank you. Thank you for your call, Ms. Pianchi. Oh, we appreciate your three cents, ladies. Did you have anything to say to uh, any of our callers, or did you want to reply or retort to anything that's been said so far? Carol, no, I mean, I I was excited to hear the brother uh, support the idea, and it sounds like he discovered that in counseling that it is a, a two way street, and that he can submit to her, and that there are areas to where she'll be stronger, and most importantly, don't let somebody lead you off the cliff. But all of that <laughs> is a part of the initial decision making, and if you are right. You know, if you're really connected with God or, you know, and you're committed to your belief um, and you're a leader in that sense prior to marriage, then the hope is that you would have found the perfect partner so that all of these things will make sense and blend in your relationship, you know. And But, it, of course, things we grow, we mature, we change. And so I support the idea of going to counseling and getting that additional support I also understand the brother said, hey, you know, he didn't have that when he was growing up. Well, that's, you know, the joy of evolution and us growing and having more resources so that we can maintain households and not think that we're supposed to jump ship the second that something is off, but find some support and guidance to allow us to continue on in these uh, these unions. Okay. Well, 
Brad, I found what they had to say very interesting. I'm grateful for you guys calling in and sharing your three cents with us. Thank you so much. If there's anyone else listening and wants to call in and share your three cents, the number to get in is 646-787-1691 and press 1 to get in. If you've already been in and you want to get back in, you'll have to press 1 to get out and then 1 to get back in again. Um, So going back to what I was asking before we had the callers, do you think it matters how much money the man is contributing to the household? For instance, if he's only paying half the bills, do you still think, or if he's not paying any of the bills, do you still feel like he should be the position of head and be submitted to equally as equally as someone who pays all the bills and takes care of all the responsibilities, or do you think that diminishes its place in the relationship? So, so Christy, I'll jump in here and say I I never said I don't have income. I don't work outside the home. So, yeah. um, you know, there's there's a there's a, a difference in that, and I don't think it should matter at all. And the reason why is because of how we conduct our finances. It goes into one big pool. We each have our own separate accounts for spending, and so it's not him paying all the bills. And even if he had, even if he were the only income, um, only person with income in the home, it's not him paying all the bills because he couldn't go out and do what he does if he didn't have the stay-at-home wife that he has. So. Right. All it's all ours together, and I don't think it should matter at all if the wife is is the one out and she's making money and he stays at home. It, it doesn't change. I mean, that's unorthodox, right? But it doesn't change the dynamic of what the role is between the husband and wife. Because remember, submission is not just about making decisions at all. And that's why I appreciate House's call because there's so many aspects to submission. There's so many beautiful points to submission. There's so many things that you learn about yourself in being submissive to someone else. Um, I was in the military for a long time, too, and, you know, being submissive to your boss means that they, they are the ones with the authority, but my boss never, ever made a decision about the troops without my input. Because he knew, I knew them better than he did. I I knew my people better than he did because he was always gone and I was there in the unit. It's the same way with raising children. You know, my husband comes home and he has to ask me sometimes about what to do with our son because he's been gone and I've been here all day. So, so that submission is for the relationship. It is not about what you're doing in the home as far as cooking and cleaning and bowing down and being quiet and all of that. Even the Bible tells us to not be quiet, but to use our strength according to the Holy Spirit and what God has given us to tell our husbands. So that was a long answer. But, um, you know, the finances shouldn't matter at all because it's a principle of a relationship, in my opinion. Okay. Shardon, do you have an opinion on that? Uh, money matters. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. Money matters, and I don't, I don't think that if, if we're following the true definition of submission, uh, in in the way that you defined it and read it, Chrissy, then I don't know how you do that and and not be. Uh, and not provide income or just have the income. You can't say, I'm going to make all the decisions, but I just want you to bring half the money in and or the majority of the money in. 
Now we'll make the decision on what we do with it. But you as the woman, you're going to go and, and get it all. That doesn't make sense to me. You're not but okay you with that. But you keep going back to making all the decisions, Shredon. Where is that coming from that you keep going back to making all of the decisions? Where is that originating? I'm only referencing the original definition that she gave that we were operating from. So solely from that definition, not not my opinion, not, you know, the way you defined it or any other thing. I'm only saying that if we're operating under the definition of somebody being full authority, and I agree with the idea that you're the full authority and the final leader, then that defines you as a decision maker in any situation, whether it's a marriage or job or whatever, um, that I agree with that um, assessment. And so if we're operating through that subtle definition, then yes. Now, for me personally, in my personal opinion, separate from the term submission, I don't think that it's necessary for the man to be a 100% sole provider. And I think it's okay for, uh, you know, for it to be a 50-50 split. I think that we should support each other. And it may not necessarily be 50-50. It's just agree that, hey, you're going to make sure that these are things are taken care of. I'm going to make sure that these things are taken care of. And it may not all be monetary. Um, it may be the things around the house that allows the other person to be able to bring in that additional income. I don't, you know, it, that's, again, that's a part of why it's important for people to do what's best for their household and not worry about what other people think. If that works for your household, if that makes you happy, if it's comfortable, if it's going to ensure that you all will maintain the vows of death do us part happily, not just for the sake of saying I made it till death, <laughs> but if it allows for you to do that in your relationship, do what works you and you can do what works for you and still have a relationship with God all at the same time. Okay, so you're saying you said money definitely matters. So you're saying you don't think that money necessarily matters with regard to whether the marriage can work and there you feel like there are circumstances under which, you know, the man may not be the provider financially, but in those cases you don't feel like he should be the decision maker either. You don't feel like he should be um, submitted to from that perspective if he's not providing from that perspective. That's what you're saying. Sure. I, I, I don't believe, period, that the man is the sole decision maker. I think that it's a union. That's the whole idea, in my opinion, of being married. So whether he's 100% financial sole provider or not, decisions are made together as a union because you come together because in most cases kind of you support each other or balance each other out. So if I'm stronger in one area, despite my husband being the sole provider or not, uh, then he should still lean to me and trust me to make certain decisions and vice versa. There's certain things that I trust him to make the sole decision of, but there's, there's very clear things that I know are not his strong points and he knows that they're not his strong points. And we went through the process of, okay, let me let you play this out so you can see <laughs> this is kind of not your strength. Um, so in that, in that, arena, I guess, I've submitted to it so that he can see, like we said before, that's not your strength. Allow me to lead in that area. Um, and, so, and, it, and it works 
And there's been times, you know, when I decided to leave corporate America to start my business, I was not making money immediately. So he was the sole source of income. But he still understood that I did a good job of balancing finances. So I made the decisions and I made sure things get taken care of with the money, even though I wasn't bringing in the money. Okay, cool. Okay, so getting back to the comment that Pianchi made, right, about this generation of men that have been raised by women, do you think um, it's harder to find a man worthy of leading a household? Do you think that if the man doesn't know how to lead a household, then that affects how you um, submit to him? Or do you feel... Carol, this is specifically for you, this part. Do you feel like if the man has been raised by a woman and doesn't know how to lead, that you can teach him how to be the leader and still be submissive to his lead? Well, I understand. I think it was Deontay that was talking about women raising boys and um I don't think that just because a man is raised by only women that he doesn't know how to be a man and doesn't know how to be a leader. I do think that the intention was for two people to be in the home to give that child both perspectives. And I think when a young man especially, and and girls, but when a young man has a very strong male figure as a dad in his life, he's better equipped. So let me just say that first. Um, but I, but this all really for me, Christy goes back to no, the not. decision. Okay. Go Sorry, ahead. I cut you off, Emily. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're fine. It goes back to the decision on who you're marrying, and and why you're marrying that person. You know, like you said, I, I have a really good friend who was in an abusive relationship for 20 years, and her thing is, well, how are you supposed to submit to that? And the answer is, you're not. You're not, and that's like, you know, going off of a cliff. You, you don't, and, and that's when you realize I perhaps made the wrong decision because I, the way I want to be a wife doesn't work with this man. And, Sheridan, I absolutely agree with absolutely right that it has to be what works in your relationship, and everybody's different, and not everybody follows the same set of principles. In my relationship, the, the principles of the Bible work for us, because of who we're married to and what we believe. And when I say it works, I mean we thrive, and there's joy and peace in our home, and there's freedom and liberty to be who we are and to make the decisions that we feel are best for our family. So um, I hope I answered your question, but it was just really important for me because I, I really feel passionate about submission and what it looks like in my relationship because, and I will be a little bragatory and say my husband and I have probably one of the strongest relationships out of all the couples that we associate with. And I really I attribute a lot of that to how we adhere to the principles of God. Okay. And Shadon, do you think that it's um, with this generation of men, do you think it's harder to find a man worthy of submitting to, or I should say a man capable of leading a household um, given that a lot of them are being raised by single women? Um, that, that's, not my, that's not my story and my truth, so I can't 
honestly respond to that. Um, and it's just not – Montoya always jokes about I live in my own world because I'm very intentional about the people that I share my space with and my time with. So I just don't see that in my circle. So my friends that are in unions, they're awesome brothers, and, and a lot of them did not have dads in the household, but they're amazing fathers and amazing husbands. And, um, you know, for us, we have been intentional in surrounding ourselves with people who are committed to creating this happy, not happy, but this uh, this union of love and supporting of one another that in turn will teach at least our the next generation and our children on what it looks like to have a two-family household. I do think that's important that there should be a two-family household. And I think it can play a role, but it doesn't always. My husband did not grow up with his dad, but he's an absolutely amazing dad and an awesome husband. Um, so it can, it can work either way. But what I will say, um, in that conversation, I think there's a lot of times the conversation pushes towards the idea that men are being raised by these women, and I don't – I don't know that it's the intention, but it comes off in a way that women have did a poor job and it's absent of the conversation that there's been generations of men who have slacked off leaving that responsibility onto women. And we talk a lot about the current generation and what this generation is doing, but it was the last generation that parented and fathered this generation. So we're so quick to blame on you know, quote-unquote millennials or, you know, young people, and it's always, not always, I shouldn't say always, that's never fair, but a lot of times it's people that are, you know, in the baby boomer era, but it's like, but the people you're talking about are your children. So you did something wrong that created this particular generation. And so I just, I wish we would stop putting so much blame on the current generation as if they raised themselves, because it's whatever generation that came before them that is the cause of whatever it is that you don't like about them. Okay. Well, you sparked an interest in one of our callers who's anxious to get back in. So we're going to hear from Joseph again, 595. Give us your three cents. So the uh, last statement that was made um, about how our our generation, our parents' generation, I'm guessing we're all in the same age, right? It's their fault that we are where we are. When it's it's not just about their fault because you've got more black men in prison than you do, um, you know, raising raising children. I don't that. Let me take that. You've got you've got more black men in, in prison in America than any other race, uh, even though we're the minority. Uh, so that is is a problem. But we sat back while while this happened. We we saw this black man go to this young man go to prison and this young man go to prison for things that maybe they did, maybe they didn't do, uh, and they but they spent a lot of time in prison, away from their children who were being raised. Uh, I wouldn't say that it would be fair to say mothers have done a poor job of raising men. My mother did a great job raising me, uh, but she did have help. She had a lot of help from my grandparents. I think it's very important that a, a young man have a grown man and a real man in his life to teach him things. These kids today don't know how to do a lot of things, work with their hands, use a computer. You know, all they can do is uh, – 
make videos on TikTok and 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 put up uh, and, and play video games. They don't know how to use a computer for anything other than that. Don't even realize they can learn how to do certain things that they don't know how to do. Um, That's the but, second time. Say that again. That's the second time you've referenced a real man. So can you, for for the sake of this conversation, define what you mean by a real man? Okay, well, uh, I can't remember his name, but earlier this uh, gentleman called up old school. I assume uh, he basically said that he's never seen uh, so many soft men <laughs> in his existence. And uh, I, I, so for me, a, a real man, to me, a real man is a man who, take, one, takes responsibility for his actions, whether he's right or wrong, uh, can admit when he's made a mistake, uh, can, uh, can admit to his mistakes that he's made in the past and is willing to listen to other people, but also knows when how to take charge and, and, and address uh, a situation when, when, when they arise. So uh, Martin Luther King said something along the lines of the true measure of a man is not how he does in, in times of good, but essentially how, how he responds when times are bad. And, and, uh, I agree with that. That's not a direct quote, but it does. It, that's the gist. So, yeah, when I when I when I think of a real man, I'm thinking of a man who takes responsibility for himself, his actions, and is not well. I'm going to live up underneath my parents, and, or I'm going to spend all I'm going to spend all my money on some rims or some sneakers, and I'm going to bum off my girlfriend, or I'm going to have a bunch of babies and I'm not going to take care of them. Those aren't real men to me. I mean, they're men. Don't get me wrong. They are men. There's a wide spectrum of men, but when I say real man, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the man who who takes uh, takes his responsibilities seriously. Okay. So, well, with regard to our discussion question, do you think these do you think that it's necessary for a woman to submit to a man, and does it matter if it's a real man or not? It does. It does matter if it's a real man or not because everything's not for everybody. There are plenty of relationships where the female is the leader of the of the entire family, and that's perfectly fine uh, for those those particular families where that man is fine with that. Uh, <laughs> but then there are other other relationships where the woman wants to be the leader, but she's dealing with somebody who is a uh, you know he is a natural leader. He is a <laughs> excuse me. He is a um, you know, you, uh, uh, a person who is trying to uh, run run the family uh, in the best way he sees fit, and uh, he'll sometimes find when he and when a man is in that position when he, when he feels that way he's trying to run the family the best he can, and he's got someone who's always second guessing him that could be a problem. Uh, if he has someone who you know, doesn't know how to. One of one of the uh, young ladies said something about you've got to make him think it's his idea. That's the perfect way to go about it. Make him think it's his idea, or let him fall on his face, and eventually he'll say, you know what, this woman is way better at handling this particular situation than I am. So I'm going to let her do that. <laughs> you know, if he's smart. You know, if he's stupid, he'll keep falling on his face. So, All right. Can I ask a question just as a male on the call? Because I'm really curious about this. And someone earlier, and I can't remember if it was you or the other gentleman, but it we always hear um, a man 
you know, is this, or even in the reference of a real man, but common, commonly we hear a man, a, a man is this, and by definition, a man's going to be a man, for example. We heard that a couple times today. So mm-hmm. what, I'm curious to hear a man define what it means to be a woman or what, what is it that you think a woman should be? Because we're always, like, excusing male behavior by saying a man is going to be a man or saying that a woman should do certain things because a man is going to be a man. So what is it that you think the woman's role that's is? A, or what, a, it is, what do we mean when a woman is being a woman? <laughs> that's a great question. That's a, an awesome question. So first let me say that I have heard the whole, well, this is what a man is often. Now, I have my own personal opinion of a man, a real man when I say that, but men are a wide spectrum of personalities and and, uh, and we do a number of different things, uh, and we're still men, <laughs> all of us, every single one of us. As far as I'm concerned, if you're gay, you're still a man. You're just a gay man. You know, you're, that doesn't, but that's that's what you do. So with regard to a woman, what is a woman? Well, a woman is many things also. Women do, <laughs> there are so many, different, it's such a wide spectrum that you can't put a woman in a box. You can't put a man in a box. It's just when, when a woman does a certain thing, we can generalize and we can say, oh, that's women. <laughs> but it's not all women. And, we, you know, we should know that when we make the generalized statement, same thing as, as it is with men. So you said, what is a woman? Well, you know, there are so many different types of women out there with so many different mindsets. You have the women, I mean, just starting off from the bottom, you have women who are raised in a two-family household versus the women who are raised by their mothers uh, versus the women who are raised by their fathers. And then you have the women who are raised by their mothers and the mothers are angry. And the women who are raised by their mothers and their mothers are happy. So, you know, what is a woman? A woman is many things. And, and but a woman is a person at the end of the day, and everybody has opinions, everybody has feelings, and we should all respect each other's opinions and feelings, at least to a, if, uh, to a certain degree. Um, and if we're going to be in a relationship, then it's, it's absolutely necessary that we respect each other's opinions, even if we don't agree with them. So, but, as, you know, for, for a man such as myself, uh, if I'm in a relationship, well, at the end of the day, uh, I have the last word. And, and in many cases, I will probably defer to the woman because I prefer a woman that I can trust uh, and have confidence in that she can make better decisions than I do in many cases. You know, but at the same time, if I see, a, you know, the, the gas tank is empty in her car, I will fill it up. If if it's making if the engine's making a noise, I'm going to lift up the hood. You know, if her computer's got a virus, I'm going to take care of it. So, you know, it it it, it goes both ways for for me anyway with regard to relationships. But no one's putting you can't put anybody in a box. I heard someone earlier say, "Well, submissiveness is well, you got to cook and clean for your man." That's ridiculous to me because. Uh, I wouldn't mind hiring somebody, hiring a cook. If, if we both make enough money that we can afford to cook, why should either of us cook unless we just want to? You know, somebody made the uh, – Christy had asked the question. Oh, this was, this was curious to me. Um, Christy asked the question earlier, does money matter if, he, if he's not making as much money as the woman or if he's not making any money? And 
one of you made the point that maybe he's doing things at home that allows her to go out and make the money. And for that reason, it shouldn't have any bearing. And I, I just wanted to say I really respect that opinion because just because a man's not making money doesn't mean that he's not doing something to uh, manage the household. And it also shouldn't have any bearing on whether or not he's running it. The uh, personality type should be the determining factor as to who's run, running it. So if it's an alpha female with, with you know, with, with, with a, a male who is not, then maybe she should be running the household. In a lot of Asian households, the women run the money. He makes the money, and the women run it. All right. Thank you for calling in, Joseph. We appreciate your three cents. We have another caller waiting to get on the line. I do believe this is William calling back. So uh, 644, give us your three cents on this morning, uh, what your comment was. I just wanted to call back and clarify a couple of things, uh, Christy. When you look at the, and and, and I, what I'm t- was getting to is look at the data of the groups in this country and how they are sustaining themselves. When you look at the disparity of the imbalance between black males and females. It has been measured in some population to be 81 males to every 100 females. In the worst case, it's 66 males to every 100 females. Then you got, like the last gentleman made comment on, the incarceration rate in black males, those that's on the down low, those who are gender confused, which is a recent pronounced phenomenon, the educational attainment, and their ability in the economic pursuit. When you look at other societies around the world, I'm talking about especially Africa, it's the men that contain that economic proudness. In other words, you don't go into those societies and run rapid in their economic markets that's controlled. So that's where it lies different here in, in the United States is what you're seeing. And it's a problem. When you talk about business, the ability for you to extract the wealth that this country provides, disregarding all the other excuses, and, and you have to take this data and use it as a measurement of where you are and where you want to go. And unfortunately, you have to compare it against other people, other groups. Black female business average income, according to the last census survey of businesses, is about 28000 a year. Black male, about 73000 a year. All right, let's compare it. Compare it against Asians who have half the population, Asian female, 267,000. The Asian male is over about 400,000. That there tells you something that has to be looked. So when we talk about how a group is doing, you got your exceptional individuals. Yeah, you got your Michael Jordans or your Oprah Winfrey's. But when you look at the general population, and then it has to be subdivided 
in these classes also. The picture is not what one would call ideal. And that has to be worked on. And that has to be changed by the group itself. You know why? Because other groups are competing against you. Other groups are not going to teach you how to take power from them. You have to position your own self at that level and pursue taking pieces and parts of the power that they control in order to have your piece of the pie. So I just want to add that. I ain't calling no more. Not today, anyway. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thank you for your three cents. Okay, so we had a couple callers. Ladies, do you have any comments or concerns or thoughts on what they had to say? Uh, no, I think it, I think we naturally, in any good conversation, kind of went off the topic a little bit there. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I just I, I think the reason for me that I asked the young man if he can tell me what he thought a woman was and I did what he said and didn't disagree, but I find it's rare that we can ever get a, a really direct answer with that in the way we do when people say, just let a man be a man. So, you know, like if you know what that means, what what does it mean to be a woman? Like I really want somebody to clarify that, or at the very least, think about that when you're saying let a man be a man, because if there's some set role or behavior that's associated with, which there is, I don't disagree, it's just in that same thought, consider that there's things that, you know, are more, uh, I don't want to say female characteristics, but if if that exists, what what do you think that is as a man so that you can be more conscious in your decisions? Because it's always like, oh, because you didn't do this as a woman, that's why a man left. If you didn't do that as a woman, that's, you know, you didn't let him be a man, you didn't let him, but what didn't he let you do that caused the relationship to fail? Like, why is it we're so caught up in the needs of the man only and not focused on what the needs are of the woman. And lastly, I really appreciate him highlighting the different personalities because it's true. If you're dealing with more of an alpha female, then the way things are conducted in the household will be different than if you're dealing with an alpha male. And it's not wrong on either side. Um, It's just understanding how to balance those personalities so that it works in your relationship. I agree with that. All right, last question before we close out the show. Um, with the different gender constructs that we've created in our society and and the way we are redefining um, gender and gender fluidity, do you think that that has an impact on using terms like submission within a relationship? Because, I mean, you know, like now we've got all these people who are like, female identifying as male or they're refusing to use pronouns or choosing their pronouns, like do those things impact a relationship or a marriage to the point where we're like, okay, well, submission is irrelevant because we don't even know what gender we're, or, you know, you like we don't even know people in a female-female relationship or a male-male relationship, does submission matter? That, that's so funny, Christy, that that's the last question because that's what I was thinking about 
um, Sheridan, when you were talking just now about personalities, I was thinking about how we are living in an era where gender fluidity is a, a huge topic, but it's not new. This is not, you know, people being gay or lesbian or bisexual or transsexual or, um, you know, discovering who they are sexually or hermaphroditic or whatever the case is has been going on since the beginning of time. Now we're in a dispensation where it's okay to have this conversation and, and we are accepting people for their discovery of who they are. And so when I think about specifically the Bible and submission, it, 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 that doesn't address our current world. It doesn't really address, not current world, it doesn't address some of the issues that we are now, yeah, I'm sorry, some of the issues that we are now accepting as normal and okay, and it's just because that was not something that was ever intended for uh, two men or two women being in a relationship. Now, I just happen to um, agree with and support gender fluidity and people loving who they love. Um, and I, I honestly would not expect submission to be as much of a part of the conversation, but you have some men, like I've got a couple, two guys, and they they do that submission thing on point, like better than most women and men. <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> but it's what they've decided to do. So, um, you know, it is. It is. It does make things very different for those couples who don't fall perhaps into a tradi- traditional role. And I will say that my husband and I have a very traditional relationship. Um, you know, kind of sort of a timeless relationship, and it just so works. I am the most spoiled queen on the planet, and I love it. I love being a stay-at-home mom and wife, and I love that my husband goes out and works. And when he comes home, it's done, and we get to hang out and spend time together and all that. So um, I know that it works for me. And for people who come to me and say, hey, Carol, can you tell me how this is working for you? I can tell them how it's working for us. And a lot of times when I'm able to coach women and men around relationships, they do find that if they if they come under that kind of authority that was intended for the Bible, things do work well. It just so happens that that's the kind of couple that I'm counseling, probably like cows. <laughs> okay. Shadon, did you have any uh, thoughts on that, on the gender fluidity aspect of it? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I respect people loving whoever they love and, and doing whatever makes sense to you. Again, you know, as I said in the beginning, I think everyone should do what works for their relationship specifically. I do think that even in same-sex, marriages that they they do still try to create that uh, male role or dominant role over submissive role, you know, and I think it's because they have been still taught that one person is supposed to be this and another person is supposed to be that. So I think it still exists even if it's the same sex relationship or not. My concern moving forward with the next generation or with any generation, whether it's same-sex or uh, heterosexual relationships, is that are we doing it because the world is telling us that it has to be done this way specifically or, you know, by saying, oh, this is the traditional way, this is the, uh, and by defining it as traditional, also defining it as the right way, and you can do it another way, but that's not the right way. Or are we just allowing people to just live their lives and do what makes them happy? 
because at the end of the day, the despite all of these things, divorce rate is as high as it's ever been. And um, so clearly this tradition, loosely stated and not to be offensive, is not all working out the way it's supposed to. It could be because people are using it wrong, um, but it, it could be because people are just trying to get caught up in living in a way that they think everybody else feels that they should and not focus on doing what makes them happy in their relationship. And for me and my husband, we sat down and we have conversations about what makes sense for us? What is my expectations of him as a husband? He shares with me what his expectations of me is as his wife, and we balance that out in our union, and we constantly have conversations. It ain't always peaches and cream. We respect each other, and we love each other, and we submit to each other's needs constantly. And as we grow and evolve, those needs change, and we also respect that as well. So I just I just want to celebrate and, and, and encourage people to just love the way you love that makes sense as long as you're happy at the end. Because my, my last piece that we were just having, I was just having a conversation yesterday with my sister and just talking about uh, her friend was saying that, that her parents, as soon as the youngest child moved out, the parents got a divorce because they don't even like each other as people. They were just doing what society told them to do, stay together for the kids and all this stuff. And so once they were empty nesters, they didn't even like each other. They were right. everyone for the wrong reasons. I asked the question because uh, one of the callers mentioned that what a man is, and he's like, well, you know, a man is a man regardless. And then he specifically was like, even if he's gay, he's still a man. And I started thinking within the relationship of gay men you know there's typically one that is a little bit more feminine or and one that's more masculine and like uh i think carol was saying you still see um a submissive and a leader in a lot of those homosexual relationships and even with female homosexual relationships you'll have like a stud and a femme so we still feel the need to like label and within those labels, I think we also create an idea of submission and leadership between those partners. But even beyond that, now with gender fluidity being what it is, we have people who don't even want to identify as male or female. They're like, oh, call me it, they, them, that, whatever. And so <laughs> with those situations, I, I'm wondering if submission is a question in their partnerships because they're not even their their partnerships. You know what I mean? So, um, is submission necessary in a partnership, or can both people just have mutual respect, discussions, and do everything together? Where it's not one person going out and saying, "I'm the head, I'm the leader, I have final say." Is there a is there a realm in which a partnership can just be a union of equals where both partners are, where submission isn't necessary? Any opinions on that? Yeah, I absolutely think that there's a realm that, I mean, mind you, everyone doesn't want to have the same kind of relationship. Everyone doesn't want to have um, 
a relationship where there's one person authority. And and if that's not what they want, then that's not what they're going to have. They're also not going to enjoy the benefits of of the, of what I enjoy being in that kind of relationship or what my husband enjoys. They'll they'll enjoy other benefits. They'll they'll embrace other parts of their relationship. Um so I don't think it's a one-all pill for everybody, but I just know why it was intended as a principle of God. I understand why it was the directive at that time and how it is a timeless principle for a marriage. Um, and, and my husband and I have decided to raise our boys with that same principle. And in that, it's like how um, Hal said, my boys cook, clean, well, one ten months, he just destroys everything. But my 22-year-old <laughs> cooks, cleans, he does, and, and I, I don't even know why I'm saying that, but it's been part of the, the conversation and the narrative. He is so respectful of young women. He is such a sweetheart. He's so smart. He's so strong and doesn't have the need to, be like, you know, impose any of his already gained manhood on anybody because he doesn't see his daddy doing that. So this is just how we've chosen to build our family, and it works for us. So I I acknowledge that that's not something that works for everyone, but if you come and ask me, hey, Carol, how should I be a great wife? I'm going to tell you, you you already know what you're about to get from me. (laughs) (laughs) Be submissive. I appreciate you, Carol. Thank you so much. Shadon, did you have any last thoughts or plans on that comment? I, I'm curious. I'm I'm really curious. So what are the, the benefits that you think they won't have if they're not operating in the same way that you and your husband are? Well, oh, challenge. It's not, it's not anything. It's not, no, no, it's not a challenge. It's not anything <laughs> specific or, or that you won't. It's kind of like, well, if I'm a vegetarian – then these are the benefits I'm going to get from being a vegetarian. If I'm a meat eater, I'm not going to get the same benefits from living a plant-based life. It's, it's, it's the same thing. It's just different. Like, for example, I enjoy the fact that I don't feel, and I've been in this position, on I don't feel the pressure to, um, to go out and, and, and make money and provide for the home and all of that because that's the role that my husband has chosen. I am completely advocated from that. However, it is, I'm very passionate about what people feel when they come into our home. For me, that's my responsibility. So I have the benefit of being at home and creating an atmosphere that, number one, is a, is a palace for me and my husband and my family, but also I get to take the time to pray and set the atmosphere and make sure that when people come into my home, they feel peace. That's because of me. All right, lady. That's because of the closing thoughts. That I 20 have. seconds. Carol, 20 seconds closing thoughts. Yes, ma'am. I just gave them. I just gave them. I think it's a beautiful thing to be submissive. I think education is the most important thing and to seek God for what's important in your relationship, whoever that might be. I love being on the show with you guys. Shadon, so nice to meet you. Love you both, and I look forward to the next one. Thank you. Shadon, any closing thoughts? Yeah, love who you love and love the way love works for you. 
despite anybody else's opinions, thoughts, or uh, beliefs on it. Because at the end of the day, when you close your eyes at night, you land next to your spouse and not uh, these other people in their opinion, your union is between you, your spouse, and God. All right. Thank you, ladies, for joining me on the show. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I appreciate both of you tremendously. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Have a great Saturday. Yay, we did it. We did it. Yay, we did it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Have a good day.